Hello there and welcome to the Michael Castle Group podcast series, Front Row. Margaret Throsby is my name and my special guests today join us from the Australian production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, now playing at the Princess Theatre in Melbourne. With me, the producers, uh, Colin Callender and Sonia Friedman. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Good to be here. I know you've been asked this a thousand times, but whose idea was it to make the Harry Potter story into a, a stage work, a play? It came at the same moment. There was a light bulb moment where we both established at the same time that the stage rights were available. Um, and we looked at one another and we had a shorthand in the room. Basically, we just looked at each other and went, OK, let's do this. And we walked out of the room and said, right, let's go. That's very interesting. The stage rights became available. Does that mean that no, they, they were available? They, no, they didn't become available. They, we, we, we learnt that J.K. Rowling had retained the stage rights, which is very, very unusual. Normally the studio um, retain, has the stage rights when, when they make movies. She, she had been approached by lots of people to do to do musicals, to do stadium shows. I think Michael Jackson even approached her, um, but she turned everything down. And when we heard that the rights were available, we sat down and talked about what what we could do and what a play could look like. And and, and because um, I don't tend to produce musicals, you know, my 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 background is new work, as is Collins, and new writing and new plays. The natural conversation was about it being a play, actually, and and a lot of the producers who I think had approached before were thinking in much bigger let's say, more commercial terms, um, uh, and, and usually franchises and brands are made into musicals. And that never crossed our mind, actually. Um, we were interested in the internal, we were interested in, in Harry Potter as a dad, what that might be, exploring that. Um, our original the, idea was much smaller in scale than the final show. Tell me about that. Well, we really, we really just did think it could be a play that was in a theatre like the Royal Court, and yeah. you know, with a, with a sort of wooden bench and a couple of actors, and with a pe- couple of people uh, walking uh, around. Yeah, at the, the t- at the time, I was based in a theatre called the Duke of York's on St Martin's Lane, which is um, a smallish playhouse, about six, seven hundred seats. Um, in fact, that's where we had several of our meetings, and and I think that even though we never articulated it that it would be in that space, that's. That was the sort of scale we were imagining. Um, and in fact, that was the conversation we, we had with J.K. Rowling in the early stages about about how you can, te- you can tell great stories sitting on just on a, on, a, on a chair. That was the thing that sparked her interest. The idea that, that through theatre, through storytelling, we can explore areas of Harry Potter that she had not yet been able to do or, or, or rather unfinished business with Harry. So when you first went to meet J.K. Rowling, or Joe Rowling as you came to call her, um, she had this concept, yeah, she accepted this idea that it could be told on stage, but what you've ended up with is something completely different from that. No, let's be clear. W- when we went to meet her, she was still very unsure about 
whether she, whether this was going to be possible. She's not a theatre person, and so. she she wasn't. I don't think she was particularly interested at the time in the theatre. So what did you do to persuade? Well, we talked. We said that we were interested in the sort of emotional and psychological landscape of Harry, and how did this boy who lived under the stairs grow up to be an adult and to be a father? And we talked a lot about family with her. Yeah, we talked. We we all shared our own experiences. It was actually a very emotional meeting. Talked about fathers and Mm. the idea of a flawed father. Flawed with an F-L-A-W-E-D. How a great public figure, how how does a great public figure um, also be a great dad if that person hadn't had parenting themselves or good parenting? Um, And what's it it like to be uh, the son of a... Someone like that. Yeah, we, and so we explored that whole territory for a couple of hours. It raises the question also of whether a flawed father produces a great daughter. What Joe was responding to in us was was um, a, a genuine interest in the psychology and the emotional terrain of the stories. We, we, we talked a lot about the big themes. I mean, of course, it was surreal to be sitting with J.K. Rowling talking about the themes of her, her novels. Um, but when we were in the room, it felt very natural, it was very organic. And she left us um, with a very clear set of directions, which is if you can find me, she said, a, a writer and a, and a director who I can collaborate with and, and explore this further. Let's, let's take it to the next stage. So we didn't leave the room, you know, with it signed, sealed and, and dusted by any means, but we left the room with, with the sense of what we needed to do next in order to start to build the trust and start to build on the idea of what this might be. Seems to me that you found yourself a dream team. I mean, John Tiffany is one of the most successful directors working in the world today, I would have thought. Jack Thorne, the writer, I mean, enormous success. It's been disgustingly fun to do together. We've had a wonderful time. Have you? Has it it's, been It's hard? been extraordinary, actually. No. No, I mean, we, we, as producers, we're blessed with, with John I've and Jack. I've had much, 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 you know, much harder shows than this. <laughs> and much, I much won't more... ask you to name them. No, <laughs> You know, and, and directors who... who are brilliant, but but very difficult to work with. John John has been an absolute dream, and Jack, as a writer, is extraordinary. I mean, you know, when he says he's going to deliver a draft at five o'clock on a Friday, it turns up at twelve o'clock, and you know, he's he's an extraordinary writer. And um, Jack and John had worked together previously on uh, Let the Right One In, and I'd worked with John twenty five years ago, maybe can't remember how long ago it was anyway. Mm. Um, I've known him all my working life. Um, but we'd never worked together until since the 25 years before. And I think the combination of Black Watch, um, Let the Right One In once, and his work with Stephen Hoggart naturally led us to John. Um, because when, we would, when you're talking about pure storytelling and physical theatre and, and, and being able to communicate an emotion through the twist of an arm, uh, that's where you go. Mm. And we didn't want a show, we didn't want a production that was um, full of technology. It just so happens we've ended up with a show that behind the scenes is it's full of technology, but you don't see it from the front. Tell us more about John Tiffany. <laughs> well, the f- we met John Tiffany for the first time to discuss the play um, at the Covent Garden Hotel in Covent Garden in London. 
And we asked him what the obvious question is, did you know the books? And of course he knew the books. And then he told us the story. He told us he used to, he, years back, he'd been the associate director at the Travis Theatre uh, in Scotland. And in the coffee shop there, this woman, his mother, would come in with the, a pram, with her kid in the pram, and sit at one of the tables with a notebook and write. And he would and help give her a coffee or tea or whatever it is. Um, and only when the first book came out did he realize that who, it, who it was. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> and when he told us that story, the hairs on the back of our neck stood up. It was extraordinary. And then even more bizarrely, when we left the room that we were in at the Covent Garden Hotel, we noticed it was called the Tiffany Room. <laughs> so we thought, okay, someone's smiling down at us. Yes, this, is, this is meant to happen. It was all meant to be. <laughs> you both came to be producers from having been stage managers, um, which, I've, and I wonder about that, is it a natural sort of path for a stage manager to then go on to be a producer, or Not is that really. just coincidence? No, I think, I, I, I actually didn't know you were a stage manager, so I've learned something. Um, I've told you something, you didn't <laughs> yeah. know about Colin. Um, no, I, th I think the best producers, um, I would say this, but I think the best producers um, have at some point worked in the rehearsal room, on stage, maybe backstage, um, you've seen the you know, the inner machinery, um, and and certainly the state. My stage management background roots everything I do, and and it means that actually no one can get anything certainly past me yeah. uh, because I've done it. Does the same apply to you? Come yeah, on. I mean, you know, I, I was at the Royal Court Theatre. At the theatre upstairs, and uh, I then moved into television. So I don't know that my stage management experience there um, informed my later work, but certainly what I feel about producing um, is informed in part by what Sonia says, which is if you, you need to understand all the, the process that goes into making something, so that when you run into trouble, you understand how to fix it, or when you th when uh, when you make a suggestion to do something, you understand the implications of what that what that but, means. But it's also appreciating every single department exactly. and every single dis discipline in a show. So you, it's a that that makes the whole. Um, and of course, the actors and the creative team and and and, and the people who they're who who are who are more um, in the public eye um, are essential to the to the process. But so are the follow spot operators, the dressers, the ushers, the, 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 obviously the stage management. And, and in my experience, if you get a weak link, particularly in a show like Harry Potter, where it's so complex uh, backstage and technically, if you get a weak link in one of those areas, the whole thing can unravel. And I think having a stage management background makes you appreciate that and makes you stay on top of that in a way um, that perhaps other producers wouldn't. Movement director Stephen Hoggart talks about having from a young age watched theatre productions and wanting to know how things work and that is, uh, reminds me of something I read about you uh, watching a production of your sister Oh well yeah, in so Oklahoma. Talking of nice stories. Yeah. Well yeah my, my sister Maria uh, who's one of the great musical theatre performers of, of her age she was the understudy of to Ado Annie yeah, it ain't so much a question yes. of knowing what... Yeah. I, can see, I can do the whole Oklahoma view. Um, at the Palace Theatre in London. 
Um, I was 13 years old. She was 17 or 18. Um, and I sat on a stool in the stage right wings to watch her perform. And um, I... It was it was my epiphany moment in my life. Mm. It was the moment that changed my the course of where I was. I was a cellist at the time. I mean, I was young, but I thought I was going to play the cello. And I, but I was much, much more interested. No, I didn't know that. There you go. Mm. I was much more interested in in what was happening around me. I was so excited by watching the DSM operate the show. Yeah. And and at that time, you know, it was all the the winching and the flying. We don't have that anymore. It's all done automation now. But um, the reason why it's an interesting story, the reason why it's particularly emotional and it means something, is the Palace Theatre is where Harry Potter is. So I do not walk into that theatre. I, I, I stand on that spot. I've got a little... I, I tell you it? now, I tell you, I've got... Where is I've it? got little, I've got chills all over me as I'm saying that... To Where in the theatre is it? It's, it's the stage right corner. Um, so I would... And I stand on that spot whenever I'm at the Palace Theatre and I go back in time and I thank the gods and the lords and whatever that sent me on that path of this journey of my you know, profession because I feel so blessed. And that Palace Theatre is such a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been um it's been there continuing through my, my my life. And hopefully, you know, God willing, that theatre will have Harry Potter for several years. A long time to yeah. come. Epiphanies. I don't. I don't have. A, I didn't have an epiphany moment. I, I'm, I, I'm just wondering if you were involved in theatre. Well, a when, I, when I was a kid, I was in. I was in the National Youth Theatre, ah. and I was always the sort of third spear carrier on the left. <laughs> and whatever line I had, I got it wrong. I was a hopeless actor. <laughs> oh. So I started stage managing there, and it was at that point that I realised that what I really enjoyed and what I what really uh, was captivating was the idea of bringing everything together and making things happen. And that continues to this day. And I think, you know, one of the one of the great joys of Harry is thinking back to that moment that we just discussed when we both looked at each other and said, wow, there's a play here. We, we could actually produce a play on, on Harry and we, we had an idea for it. And thinking about that, however many years ago it was now, four years or something, four and a half years, and knowing now that it's playing in London, it's playing in Broadway, it's playing... In Melbourne, it's about to open in. It's going to open in San Francisco. It's 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 an, an extraordinary sense of uh, accomplishment on the one hand and joy on the other. It's a phenomenon, and the theatrical experience of people who walk into the theatre you mentioned for the first time is. I mean, surveys have been done of the London yes, audience. Yes, right. Fifty-five percent of the audience wasn't that what it was? I've never been in a theatre before. In our first in our first wave, it was about seventy ish percent were, were first time theatre goes maybe 65 percent and then they all many of those went on to see other plays yes. i was going to say it only becomes it's, valuable if they go and see no, no, something it's else proper, no, 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 no it's no. proper audi- I've, you know, it's I've audience worked, i've produced shows which have had mega mega stars in there and they, it's the first time theatre go they go there to see the mega star and they've gone again and that's it it's fleeting it's very different here it's proper proper investment in the future because those audiences um and they're 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 a great age they're they're the holy grail for a producer they don't come to the theater they're 20 to 25 year olds that they are going to see plays we have the evidence we have all the data we have all the 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 science to to prove that our audience is going on to see other plays not related to harry potter
they're going to see, they're just going, you know, we've introduced them to, 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 to great theatre and they're going on to see other theatre and it's very, very satisfying. It's a very different world for you, Colin, from the world of HBO and television series and Hollywood when you were on the West Coast. I know you moved then to New York, is that correct, and mm-hmm. formed your own company, but has there, underlying it all, has there been a fundamental preference for theatre, do you think? Or? Well, there's a sort of theatre has uh, been a thread that's woven through my producing career in television, because my very first credit as a producer was the television adaptation of Nicholas Nickleby. Um, and over the years, whether it's Angels in America or any number of plays that have actually been performed um, on Broadway, the West End, I've been very involved in in bringing them to the screen. But I think more significantly, uh, you know, the thing about producing, and Sonia and I have discussed this at great length, because we have come from different backgrounds and sort of um, come to work together on this play, is that what it's about is creating the environment in which brilliant people can do their very best work and and also having an idea at the beginning and making sure that every step of the way every choice you make uh, and everything that all the team around you are doing is actually in service of that central idea and our job in times is to tap someone on the shoulder and say wait a second did you mean to do that because and have that conversation and that's the same whether you're producing a movie whether you're producing a television Mm -hmm. series whether you're producing a play the the environment is different and the people involved are different but conceptually as a producer your your key task is very much the same one of the qualities I think that makes a good producer surely is judgment being able to look at something and thinking, ah, oh, no, this is. I think it's in- instinct, actually. Yes, it, it's it. it's instinct, and it's knowing when when to follow that instinct, and it's knowing when to keep quiet, and it's knowing when to trust that the the actual um, that they're onto it and they will fix it, and it's knowing when to intervene. It's it's a it's a hard one to call, um, uh, but and taste, and obviously taste. How do you qualify taste? But mm. taste is a huge amount to do with it. What do you think Harry Potter's about, this play? In the ge- most, most general sense, I think it's about love and loss and grief um, and how to come to terms with um, who you are. I mean, increasingly over time watching the play, I've come to believe the play is about growing up um, and it's about finding who you are in the world. Um, and coming to terms with that and accepting yourself. You know, for me personally, I find that very moving. But what's interesting uh, and very, very uh, sort of... Talk about our mums. Good for us. Well, no, I was going to... Oh, no, I was, no. no, I was going to say, the, you know, the audience is very diverse in terms of age and uh, some have know the play and some know the book, some don't. But everybody takes something away from it yeah. because at the heart of it, it is the story of this family and this mother, this parenting. And... Um, Everybody relates and, and, to that you know, story in some way or another. Look, a great classic, a cl- classic work speaks to everybody in the audience at a particular point in their life. And you can, depending on where you are in your life, take a particular thing away from it. Um, and you can connect with somebody in that story um, to personalise it uh, a little. Um, I mean, in fact... You know, I think that sort of sums up who we are. I mean, you know, we're, we're very emotional, personal producers, and so a lot of who we are end up at some ha- some in some sense 
in in the stories we we produce. What I was going to say is is we talked about fathers earlier, and fathers was the way in and and to personalise it. For, for me, initially, Harry Potter was about fathers mm. um, and the relationship between a father and, in, in this instance, a son. Um, and uh, my mother died recently, um, which was, you know, for me, the, the, the greatest loss, without question, I will ever have to face. Um, and now the play is complete, something completely different to me. Now the play is it's about living with grief. Um, and it sounds really heavy, doesn't it? No, but, not but at all. it's not meant to be heavy. It's a great night out as well. Um, <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, great we, both, we both lost our mothers during the course of making, uh, the, putting yeah. on the, producing yeah. the show. And 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 and, and I realised, I realised then, when 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 my mum died, that Harry Potter, it, it is a great play is a classic play because I was able to see the story through a completely different lens mm. and you can't do that unless it's a really really well written beautifully layered complex story do you think Harry Potter will be told again is the there another iteration is there another play is there another who knows? I mean, Joe said... Never say were, never. Never say never. I mean, she, she's... Um, you know, at the, at the moment, we're loving producing the play in its current form. Yeah, never say never. Mm. Gee, it's good to meet you both. Thank, Thank you, you, and congratulations nice. on... A, a, I say this with all sincerity, a really impressive piece of theatre. I was on cloud nine when I came out. Oh, that's great. Great. Thank you so much. Mm.